When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everyone, to Game Over Calgary following a 6-3 win for the Calgary Flames over the Nashville Predators. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, if you're watching us live, love you. Uh, if you're watching a little bit later on or if you're listening in playback on podcast afterwards, love you as well. Um, a lot to cover on this one today. Obviously going to talk about the game as Calgary, I thought, had a pretty complete performance. We'll talk about what I saw and what it means going forward uh, for for this team, as there's already discussions about that going on. We will talk about the the, the hit on uh, Dennis Gilbert and, and all of that, but then I do want to talk about some of the news of the day, as Oliver Shillington um, is back with Calgary, the Wranglers at least, um, so we will discuss that, and the newest all-star for the Calgary Flames, which caught me off guard a little bit, I'll admit, but uh, we'll get into all of that as this show rolls along. Um, if you have any questions that are off topic from what we are discussing today uh, or in the at the particular time, you can send them my way in the chat and we will get to them in the presser once the show is done. Um, so I think that's that, that that's all of it. Um, my name is Peter. I'm really bad at introducing myself on these, so hopefully I did uh, before. If not, there you go. So the Flames win this game 6-3. to three. Um, And... I wasn't going to talk about it a lot, but it, it, it's I'm seeing it a bunch on social media, seeing it a little bit in the chat as well. I think we have to start with the the unfortunate part of this game, and that is Dennis Gilbert in a, a scary-looking collision goes down to the ice um, late in the game. It's already 6-3 Calgary at that point. Tomasino comes in. There is a debate as to the slew-footedness of this hit. If it wasn't a, a slew-foot, it was slew-foot adjacent, and I think it was... It's tough to read intent, but it did kind of seem as if he was going for a slew foot and then just went in too quick and and ended up hitting him. Either way, um, Gilbert goes up in the air and then down very scarily, crashing uh, basically headfirst onto the ice, and he wasn't moving for a period of time that is far too uncomfortable. And it, you could see after, like, he got up, he was checking his legs, checking his arms, everything was fine. They were sque squeezing the hand uh, to make sure that he, he still, like, his muscles were working fine. Um, I'm assuming what that is. I, I've been hit on the head a few times before, and they make me do that every time. I'm assuming that's what it is, but I've never asked why they did that. But th this was, it was a really, really scary moment. And um, it, it's just... The, the Flames have had relative 
relatively good injury luck so far this year. Um, but obviously the first thing, the first thought goes to Dennis Gilbert. And again, hopefully he is all right. That looked really, really scary. I would imagine Tomasino gets some kind of a, a conversation from player safety. This is where you, you do kind of just like spin the wheel and make a deal and see what, what ends up happening with, with player safety. And, and you end up seeing like what, that this actually is going to be. It is so unpredictable. Uh, Conrad saying in the chat, if Rasmus's charge is five, then this one needs to be four. Um, sure, yeah. I, quite frankly, I had more of a problem with the Neon Neon Rosichka earlier in the game. Like, this one, um, because he wasn't, like, it... it He's going in quick, and he could make the argument that their legs just get tangled. It's definitely slew foot-ish, and it's it's a dirty play. But I, I had much more of a problem with uh, a neon-neon Rosichka that, that left him in quite a bit of discomfort. Um, that came, I believe, in the first period. So, overall, not a great night for Tomasino, um, as he kind of seemed like the dude that we didn't really... or the, He kind of seemed like a dude that, that was just out there to be a dick tonight and that's uh that's unfortunate but yeah hopefully hopefully Gilbert ends up being all right it kind of does put a downer on what was I think a very strong performance from the Calgary Flames and an interesting chat here from uh, again I'm going to full name it every time drums games in the Calgary Flames I don't know what to think anymore I feel like we are getting too lucky um with these wins I don't think so this was a game. I, I don't think luck played into this game at all tonight. Um, aside from like just the, the very, um, aside from like the, the very obvious, like this is a, a sport that's played on ice and sometimes the puck bounces your way. But this is a, this was a game that the Flames controlled. Like they were, I think, so clearly the better team tonight that they, they really deserved this win. And honestly, 6-3, I think, is a bit flattering to Nashville. Um, obviously, they pour it on in the third period. They're down by a bunch. That's what's going to happen. That's why score effects exist, right? Um, but no, I, I thought like that this was that this was not a lucky game from a Calgary standpoint at all. And you go back to the Minnesota game that I was so frustrated about. That was a, a first half of the game where Calgary, again, controlled it. Didn't like how they responded to adversity, but they controlled the first half of that game and then held on and picked up a win. This is a team that's playing pretty well right now. They are getting, I guess the one way you could say they're getting lucky in, is that the level of competition is not overly fierce, but just did that, right? Like they, they just had to deal with the overly fierce competition going into the, the Christmas break and they handled it to mixed results, but they, they handled it all right. And now they are within striking distance of a playoff spot. So no, like this is the, the conversation about this team and what direction they should go, I, I think sometimes masks that this is an all right hockey team. Like again, because they beat up on Nashville tonight does not equal them going to the Stanley cup or, or anything like that. But th this is a team that like is a, a fringe playoff team. And so that they, they, they played pretty well and they played like that over these last couple of games. I have liked how they have played. I like the speed that they played with. I, I like defensively most of how well they played on the defensive side of things tonight. Like, I, I think there's a lot of positives you can take away from this Calgary side. So I, I, quite frankly, I don't think Luck's playing into this. I think that this is a team that is kind of in the murky middle that can play better than teams in the murky middle. 
on any given Thursday night. Um, that That's just kind of where I come down on it. But no, I, I thought this was a, a really good performance from Calgary for through 40 minutes, and then the, the third period was what it was. The, I don't think there's a whole lot you can take from that third period. Um, but I, I do think that for 40 minutes, Calgary was the far superior hockey team. I thought... They, they, I love the, the 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 speed that they played at this the, this game with, and how aggressive they were in attacking. That it was just get the puck and go. It was okay. Well, let's slowly work our way up the ice. Um, the, the one time it did kind of come back to bite him a little bit, um, when it didn't happen, Gilbert had a bit of trouble getting out of his own end, and it led to a shot from Forsberg. But no, I, I loved how aggressive this team was playing tonight. And going right after a Nashville Predators team that you don't often see a lot of teams like you, you kind of. You can almost psych yourself out playing Nashville because you can understand like that they are going to come at you defensively. And so we're going to have to be ready for a grinded out game. And the Flames are like, I don't know. Let's see if we can skate on them for a little bit. And they did. And they did it really, really effectively. And then when they got into the offensive zone, their puck retention was, again, very strong. And they created a number of opportunities. And then they get that uh, they work really hard, draw a power play. That leads to a power play chance where it looked like they scored twice. I would have bet a not insignificant amount of money that that first Lindholm shot was in. And then they showed the replay and it wasn't. Uh, but they scramble for it and then Zari ends up getting the, the shot that goes through. Um, I don't know if they credited Lindholm with it. It looked like maybe he got a piece of it. But either way, the, the puck went off of Zari's stick and into the net. And Calgary took the lead. And then Coleman gets one immediately after. It, it's a, a mass chaos all over the ice in like that four-minute stretch where Calgary takes a 3-1 lead. But I think that there are... That, that was a long-winded way of saying there's a lot of things that you can feel good about from a Calgary Flames standpoint for this game tonight. And I, I think, again, speed and aggression is certainly up there. When you're looking at players to kind of single out in this game, um, he obviously got a boost, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. But I thought Elias Lindholm, th this was one of the better games he's played this season. I really enjoyed what Lindholm did tonight. Uh, again, aggressive in taking the puck to the net and then setting up an opportunity for Sharon Govich that led to another opportunity. I think it was Huberto got stopped in the rebound. They had two really good chances, but Lindholm... Um, that this was, that this is the guy that Flames fans wanted to see. And this is the third game in a row that that line looked good. Huberto had another really good chance tonight, had a couple really good chances tonight, set up by Lindholm when we thought it would be the other way around. But I thought that group looked good tonight. Um, Backlund had some chances. I, I thought he, Manjapani, and Coleman played well tonight. And then Zari and Pospisil have been a little bit quiet lately, but, um, Kadri has been quite good. So I've... I think that this is a game that you come away with actually a lot of positives. And you know what? Like, I, we've been on them for a bit. I thought Dubé played well tonight as well. Um, I just, I think that you look at this from a flame standpoint, and I know, like, long-term we want the tank, and the, this team isn't built for sustained long-term success. But they're playing some pretty good hockey right now, and I, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing to, to necessarily acknowledge. Um, a couple of things of note that I didn't love from this game. One, Dan Vladar seemed the opposite of Sharp. Um, just that first goal where, okay, he gets a stop, but it, it doesn't feel like a confident stop, and it leads to a rebound that leads to a goal. He just, he felt... You didn't feel calm when the puck was on him all night. And that, that blocker play in the third period, that almost let Nashville back into it, those are just plays you cannot have 
from your backup goalie. You need him to just be reliable and sound. If you get beat, you get beat, but don't beat yourself. And it, it just, it did not seem like from the word go, this was a, a goalie who was who was ready to go. I thought he, he struggled mightily in this game. And for a guy who's going to get at least one more game in the next couple, that's not necessarily you, something you love to see. Excuse me, right now. One other thing, and it's just a little thing. Um, that power play at the end of the game, that annoyed me a little bit. And I'm not saying, like, run up the score on Nashville or anything like that. But their dude just, like, knocked your guy on his brain. Um, make him pay for it, you know? And uh, they, they, they did a scrum and they did a whole little thing and that's, that's whatever. But show them on that power play. And I thought, it, it, again, they're up three. There's five and a half minutes left and the guy took a five-minute penalty. So it's a great opportunity to just kind of dick around and, and kill some clock out. But A... This power play is not going so hot that you can afford it to just pass up on live practice opportunities. And B, like, that was always one of the things, like, you go back to the Sedin twins and, oh, well, they don't fight back. Well, taking a penalty against us is punishment enough. And they would punish you. They'd score. Make them pay for it. You know, go out there and actually put the pressure on them and, and run up that score a little bit and just remind them, like, hey, don't be doing that to our guys. But I, I do think the other part of it is, like, this power play hasn't been going as perfect lately. They do get one power play goal in this game, but get some more rounds in there. Get some more practice time, basically, instead of just kind of slowly working it up the ice and, oh, they sent it back down. All right, let's go back. And they did kind of get a setup at some point, but I, I thought they could have taken more advantage of the situation that was presented to them. Um, all right, all of this after a Flames uh, victory here tonight, 6-3 uh, over the Nashville Predators. While you're here, you may as well like this video. You can also subscribe to SDPN. Uh, we are now, what is that? We're at 99.2 thousand subscribers. So we are very close. Um, we're about 800 subscribers away from 100,000 subscribers. That is insanity. Um, and it just, it lets us do more cool stuff with all of you guys. So get those subscriber numbers up for us and we can have a lot more fun shows like this. Um, and again, if you miss anything, the video stays up on YouTube forever, and you can get the podcast. Um, I We get those up pretty quickly once the streams are done. It was a newsworthy day for the Calgary Flames. Um, I, I don't like... There isn't a whole lot to go over from this game. Um, they, they played really well, and Nashville didn't. Um, Nashville's a one-line hockey team that I, I think that the results are starting to show. And when you look at teams who could fall out of a playoff spot, it'd be them. Um, unless UC Saros is, you know, otherworldly again, which he, he could be, although certainly wasn't on this night. But I do think there's a lot to be excited about. And uh, Conrad saying in the chat, Shilly, my beloved, because Oliver Shillington is back practicing with the organization. He is down on a conditioning stint with the Wranglers, which makes all the sense in the world. Um, Haven't played in a year and a half. I, I, I would want to get up to speed, quite frankly. Um... So, but it, it just, it's great to see. And it's great that he comes out with a statement saying that his mental health is back at a, uh, at a point where he feels comfortable that, that he can come back now. Um, I, I'm sure he has worked in that there, like the, this was the most attention paid to a Wranglers practice this season. And there's going to be a lot of microphones in his face for long stretches now. And hopefully he is all right with that. But um, I've, I haven't really given much thought to what it looks like hockey-wise, just because, like, you don't know what, what this guy is going through and if that is a, a viable option. But now now that he's back and understanding that this blue line is going to look um, quite a bit different over the, the next little while, but th this 
this makes you feel a little bit better about what could be coming in um, in this next wave on the, the Calgary blue line. And it just, it makes things kind of lengthen a, a little bit more. If it were me personally, um, when he comes back, again, I guess if he comes back, right? Like it could still be overwhelming or whatever it is. Um, what, when he, when he comes back to the lineup, um, whatever was bothering him could start bothering him again, but seeing him back, it, it like, Hey, you just feel great for him, but B you, you start to piece it together. I personally would, would put him with Tanev, um, that they've already split up, um, split up the defenseman a little bit with Hannafin and, and Tanev on, on separate pairings. I would love to see Shillington with Tanev and like, cause we've talked about before, everyone plays their best with Tanev, including Shillington who has got some of his best hockey when playing with, with, um, with Chris Tanev. And so I think that's how you utilize that. Um, not to speculate, I would guess Gilbert misses a couple here, just guessing. Um, but I, I think you can kind of cycle through like Osterley and Gilbert in that six spot going forward. Um, if you want Soloviev, by all means, go for it. That that one might be just a once someone gets traded sort of a move. Someone else, I guess, gets traded because that was kind of the initial thought when, when Zadorov went down was that Soloviev was going to get an extended run. But Gilbert has been solid as a, a five six guy, and Osterley takes a few too many chances for me. I, I think he kind of took it literally when people said that he could be the, the Zadorov replacement. He's like, oh yeah, bet, let's go. Um, so he he's very aggressive offensively, but he made a pinch that led to the goal the other night uh, against Minnesota that allowed them to get right back into that hockey game. So he he would be the odd man out to me, but th this would be a, a huge, and it would have to be a huge boost to the locker room to just have Oliver Shillington back and, and hanging around with the guys again. And just to like, just to, to see that he has worked through whatever he is going through is really inspiring and just so happy for the guy. Um, and as Conrad points out, he does only have 11 day or 14 days, sorry, for this conditioning stint. Um, he's always seemed like he's in pretty good shape. I, I would imagine 14 days is enough to condition him. Wouldn't be enough for me. 14 years wouldn't. Uh, but 14 days seems like enough to get that guy back into shape. The other news of the day um, is Elias Lindholm has been named the all-star for the Calgary Flames. Now we can vote on on who else would be going. This one caught me off guard. Um, and I, I think, like, uh, there's been a lot of frustration around Lindholm, so maybe we're, we're too far into the forest to see the trees on this one. But that wouldn't have been my first choice. Probably wouldn't have been my second choice, if I'm being perfectly frank with all of y'all. Uh, I don't know why I'm going with Frank tonight. Um, I, I feel like Kadri has been much better than Lindholm basically all season and it's so clear that Markstrom's been their best player all season so now getting goalies you know makes it like that there's different restrictions for goalies and whatnot but I I really felt like Kadri going back to Toronto and uh, now he might get in anyway although I don't know if he's played well enough to be voted in um he kind of felt like kind of feels like this Flames team has only been playing well enough to get one all-star this year right so I I was a little bit surprised that it was Lindholm. I thought Kadri had played significantly better for um, for, for most of the season and, and kind of deserved this all-star nod. Uh, Lindholm has put up some numbers, but has been relatively quiet for, for long stretches and, and has actually been relatively frustrating at times. So that one really caught me off guard today. But now it helps out Craig Conroy, right? Because now instead of going into, well, we can, we can give you Elias Lindholm. Well... We can give you noted all-star 
Elias Lindholm. Just bumps that trade value up a little bit more, right? Yeah, it's 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 all about 2024. It's all about branding and marketing and all of that stuff. It's, yeah, you just gotta just gotta know how to sell it, and uh, now, now you get the tag of All Star on there, and we were able to lock that one in. So uh, the the trade value obviously sky high um, for Elias Lindholm now as uh, as he makes his appearance in the All Star game. But uh, again, like. Coincidence, maybe. I thought he played really well tonight. Uh, so maybe he had a bit of a jump in getting that recognition. I believe it is his first All-Star game. Um, and so, like, that's... It's correcting that, because he has played well enough in Calgary that he should have gone to an All-Star game by now. So if I am remembering correctly, and this is his first All-Star game, then I guess it just kind of rights a wrong. But it doesn't... It doesn't feel like this year has been an All-Star year for Elias Lindholm. Uh, it is now time for the press conference. Get your questions in in the chat right now. Uh, Conrad has already got a couple of them in there. Um, but one more time, remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video with your friends. Uh, I Shout out Conrad, who has been awesome in sharing these videos the last little bit um, and for being in the chats every game. Uh, basically a perfect attendance record for Conrad so far this season. Um, so yeah, shout out to him and everyone who has tuned in in here tonight. Always a blast chatting Calgary Flames, especially when they win and play better. Your boy's a little tired um, after staying up till six in the morning watching Japanese pro wrestling. So uh, it was, I was happy that the, the Flames came out with a lively performance tonight and they were able to, to pick up a, a pretty strong win. But yeah, share this video and just bring some more people in here, get this chat bumping a little bit more and we can talk more Calgary Flames after wins, losses, trades, whatever here on SDPN. Um, and again, find your way with the... Um, uh, oh, I was going somewhere, somewhere with that. Oh, podcast. That's what it is. Podcast, this one. Um, yeah, check us out on podcast form after. Uh, you can find me on social media. I am at Prime Klein. Uh, all right, let's go through the chat here and see what do you guys have here. Uh, a lot of talk, like I said, about the, um, the uh, Tomasino hits. One on Gilbert, one on, on Ruzichka. Uh, Matt C. chiming in. I was getting the Nashville broadcast, missed out, and they were absolutely shocked that the slew foot penalty was called. Like, again, it, was, it wasn't it was your standard definition slew foot. The, the legs kind of crashed into each other more than, than anything. But it was slew foot adjacent, that's for sure, and uh, led to a pretty terrifying result. Now, if Gilbert pops back up, um, I don't know if, if it ends up being a five minute penalty just because how things are called, right? Like that's not to, um, discount the, 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 uh, the, the effects of that or the potential dangers of the move that Tomasino did. But we know in the NHL, if Gilbert just pops up and socks him one in the mouth, then maybe it's two, maybe it's just a whatever. They probably just go four on four and, uh, those guys just go off that way. So uh, it's frustrating how the, the league is. I would imagine there's some former discipline coming for this one. Um, and again, especially because of the result with Gilbert just laying there. But I, I, I don't know if like you, if you were to show someone like, oh, can you give me the definition of a slew foot? That's probably not the video you would show, but it, it's close enough that it, it was dangerous anyway. And again, his second dangerous play of the game after a knee on knee on Rosichka early in the night. Uh, is it possible we can still vote Coleman and Zari to be at the All-Star Game? I believe so. I haven't tried to vote for the All-Star Game in years, actually. But I do think if, if you go on there, you can just vote for whoever, right? That's how John Scott got in. Um, so, yeah, like, you, you can absolutely try just throw Coleman and Zari in. That'd be fun. Um, I think, like, Kadri and, and uh, Markstrom would be my votes 
for for that for sure. Um, and yeah, maybe throw in Hannafin and, and Tanev just again bump that trade value up a little bit more. Uh, get that that all star tag on some of these players. Uh, press conference question, Shilly. That is all. That, that's all that needs to be said today. Oh, I'm just. I was so happy to go to uh, go to X or Twitter and see that this was something that was happening and see the statement from Oliver Shillington. That that just it brought so much joy to to see that. I I, I was so happy when when I saw that he was coming back. Um, press conference question for real from Conrad. Game over Calgary meetup at Shilly's first Wranglers game. I can commit to nothing. Um, I, I, I don't know, like, I, I, I think it would be fun. I would love to do a game over meetup at, at some point with uh, a bunch of y'all anyway. Uh, maybe Shilly's first Wranglers game would be the, the time to do it, but we, we definitely do need to do something. And we do need to do something to mark the occasion of Oliver Shillington returning to the Calgary Wranglers lineup and then eventually the Calgary Flames lineup. Um, I don't think it was a full-on slew foot back to what else would we be talking about? But it definitely needs to be looked at. Yeah, I, I do think that it, it needs to be, um, it, it, it should be looked at. And I, I do think it should get some form of a suspension. I don't know if it's like 10 or anything like that, but it, it is a very dangerous play, regardless of if you want to absolutely buy the, the book, call it a, a slew foot or not. Conrad with the, uh, the, the off-topic question. Thoughts on Nick Nemeth or Dolph Ziggler uh, and Ryan Nemeth in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, do they take over Bullet Club and make it relevant again? It seemed like, I mean, I think it's interesting that Finley is rivaling, uh, ri- rivaling? Wow. Uh, starting a rivalry with uh, the Nemeth boys. Um, I I don't know if they, they take over Bullet Club. Finley taking over Bullet Club is still... I was going to say it's still pretty new. I guess it's basically been a year, hey? Like, the, the whole Hikaleo J. White stuff was kind of early in the year last year. So, But it, it still feels relatively new to be bumping him out of there. I, I do think there has been a, a returned focus on getting Bullet Club a little bit more relevant. But that's probably enough wrestling for now. But yeah, no, I, I don't think Dolph joins Bullet Club. Um, I, I think he kind of goes off and, and does his own thing but yeah the, the world of professional wrestling is always fun much like the world of hockey like the, the flames again is this going to be the the season that um the, the the giant tank that people want don't think so looking at things right now and as updated as the nhl website is and they, they do have it updated for the flames calgary now sits 17 16 and 5 they are one point out of a playoff spot trailing the arizona coyotes who are getting their heads kicked in tonight by the New York Islanders. So Calgary will remain a point out of a playoff spot. Again, Arizona does have, by the end of the night, they'll have three games in hand on the, no, sorry, they'll have one game in hand. Went the other way with the math. It's not how it works. Um, They'll have one game in hand on Calgary. The Flames do still have to jump over St. Louis and Edmonton as well, but now they are also just four points back of Nashville, who holds the first wildcard spot in the Western Conference. And even if um, Lindholm and Tanev and uh, Hannafin get moved on from this team, this is still going to be a team, I think, that is battling for a playoff spot all year long. I was thinking about it today. You move, um, with Shillington coming back, presumably, you move Tanev and you can basically replace it with, with Shillington. I get it's not apples to apples, A to B comparison, but in the lineup, you put uh, Shillington in there, and in Hannafin's place, it's Solovyov, or maybe Poirier. I, I, 
I keep I keep talking about him on these shows and then not looking at injury updates. Um, so he should be back soonish, and he felt like he was ready to contribute at the NHL level. So by the time there is a move for the the second defenseman or I guess third overall of the trade season to move on, maybe he is ready. If not, it's a Soloviov, and then you roll out there with just off the top of my head, uh, Uyghur, Anderson, Shillington. Gilbert, I guess, and Osterly Solovyov. So it's not amazing. Um, and it, it, it it's not great. Um, but I, I do think with Markstrom playing the way he is, they'll probably still stay competitive. And then at the forward spot, you're losing Lindholm, probably going to gain a Pelche at some point. And I would assume a Coronado can step in as well. And then if you want to trade, like um, we, we have kind of been calling for a Dylan Dubé getting moved potentially. Um, or if you wanted to, to kind of maximize the value you have on an AJ Greer and bring up like a, a Klapka or someone like that. Like there are replacements that can come in and maybe not do 100% of what those guys did, but can at least kind of keep things moving uh, a little bit for this team and give, give us a, a good evaluation for this group. Long-term, it is better if this one kind of goes off the rails a little bit, but I do think it's going to be a value ex- valuable experience for some of these young kids to be in a in an environment where at least for them, every game matters. So I, I'm excited to see what the, the rest of this flame season has to offer. And I didn't think I'd be saying that for long stretches of this year. Uh, Matt C with a question. What sort of ceiling do you think Sharon Govich has? Can he potentially have a 40 goal year with us in the near future? I honestly, I think so. I, I don't know if he is a consistent 40 goal scorer necessarily. Um, like I, it's like Manjapani right now. He's not a 30-goal scorer. He's a guy who has scored 30, right? Like, it's it's a different way of saying it, but the, they mean different things, if that makes sense. I do think that Sharon Govich could be a guy who scores 40, but not necessarily a 40-goal scorer. I, he looks like, with that shot and the offensive instincts that he has, um, he could roll out of bed and get 25. And so, I, I think, given more opportunities with this Flames team, because it feels like he's going to be a, a top-line guy for a while... I, I think you can probably rely on him for like anywhere between 25 and 45 goals a season, just based on random variants and things like that, that can happen over 82 games. And again, in a sport where you're playing with a piece of rubber on ice. Um, so no, I, I think the world of this kid offensively, and I, I think that he can really step up and, and be one of the, the top scorers for Calgary. They just need more of him right now. Uh, Curtis Joseph, I'm assuming that Curtis Joseph, the Leafs will take Hannafin off of your hands. Yeah, I, I'm sure they would. Um, all it would take is like Lilia Grin plus, right? Um, and that's the other thing too. Like I mentioned all these players moving out. I'm assuming there's going to be kids coming back in, right? Like uh, not just the Flames ones, but something like a Sharon Govich. Now that has been best case scenario, but like I, I have long said, you could see like a, a Lilligren or someone like that coming from uh, Toronto or like a, a Hoaglander coming from uh, from Vancouver or whatever. You know, like most of the most of the hockey media I, I consume just based on game over is from Canadian markets. So that's why that's where my head goes. But you, you can you can find those guys all over the place. But yeah, like the, the, the Leafs are certainly a, a team that I think will be in on, on Hannafin and Tanev and probably... Whatever goalie that the the Flames want to move, whether it be Markstrom or Vladar um, or both, the, the the Leafs will probably be in on all of those. And as as Flames fans, we are well aware that Bradtree Living is just in on everything when it comes to trade talks. So yes, uh, Noah Hannafin will will certainly be on the Leaf radar. I would assume 
going forward. All right, I think that is where we are going to call this one one more time. If you haven't already, like this video, subscribe to the channel. We are getting oh so close to 100,000 subscribers. Uh, so help us by hitting subscribe. Share this video with your friends um, as we talk about the Calgary Flames inexplicable push toward a playoff spot um, after a win tonight over the Nashville Predators. My name is Peter Klein. You can find me on social media. I am at Primetime Klein. Um, you can, uh, like I said, subscribe here. Subscribe in podcast form for SDPN as well. The next game over Calgary comes at you after the next Flames game. That's how this works, which is Saturday morning. It's an 11 a.m. Mountain Time start with the Flames and the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, so get ready for that one. I'll be here all weekend. I got the Flyers game and the Blackhawks game. I know it's a lot of me, uh, but Audie will be back soon. I'm sure the Flames will do nothing but win until Audie comes back and then lose because that is the Audie curse. So you got a couple more good results with me uh, before Team Tank gets to celebrate one more time with the Audie curse coming back in full form uh, for the first time in the calendar year 2024. Thank you guys so much. Have such a blast talking with you guys each and every time right here on Game Over Calgary. Have a great night, everybody.